Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety, starts now. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Lead Lap on WSIC TV in Charlotte 252 and also on PMN Radio, the Performance Motorsports Network. You can uh, get us either on the PMN Radio app or you can get us uh, on PMN's player. If you'd like to uh, listen to us directly on your desktop or your laptop, you can do that. Just go to uh, PMN, uh, the Performance Motorsports Network, I should say, on Facebook and just uh, look for their player uh, under the About section and you can find it there. Uh, Pretty soon you'll be able to... uh, Dial us up straight on the Race Chaser online website. We're about uh, a week or so from relaunching Gen 3 of Race Chaser. And uh, we're excited about that. Uh, The new Race Chaser online site will have all access to all of our content that we produce each and every week, both radio and written content and also video content. When we do that, you'll be able to get it all on Race Chaser online. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined in the WSIC studio, which looks very festive now. We got the Christmas yeah, tree back here. Looks good. A little bit of a garland on the, the big board there. James Mellick sitting behind that, capably manning the controls, keeping us on both radio and TV. It's kind of wondering if I was going to remember how to run this thing. It's yeah. been gone so long. I, I know. Like, am I going to remember how to do this? That's what I always uh, <laughs> get nervous about, too. It's like you're gone a week or two weeks where you don't do a show and you feel like you're going to forget you know, 30 years of uh, doing shows. Um, and we've also on the strutmasters.com hotline, we have uh, another one of our compatriots here on Race Chasers radio portion of the brand, Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport and SprintCarAndMidget.com. And uh, Jacob, like myself, has been on the road uh though he's been on the road longer than i have i was only away for six days to do the um 29th annual rally auto parts national indoor cart championship in batesville mississippi which was held over the weekend my voice is still recovering so forgive me if it starts to deteriorate rapidly throughout the show but we're going to try to drink enough fluid to keep us going here uh jacob has been from florida florida to california um and this week he's going back to Florida for the uh, the Snowball Derby. At least he's staying in warm weather. Yeah. At least he's going to warm yeah, weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a lot, a lot of ground to cover because uh, a lot happened over this past weekend, uh, Jacob, with uh, uh, racing all over the place, really, and uh, had a major rain out here in the Carolinas with the Thanksgiving Classic that takes place at Southern National Motorsports Park every year. Uh, Kyle Busch was going to run a super late model there, but that got uh, that got rained out and postponed to March of 2020. So I uh, I don't know if you can call it a Thanksgiving Classic if you're having it in March. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can have it have that at that time. We're gonna you might have... go to hand out the same trophy, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be called a Thanksgiving Classic. Yeah, I'll have to work on the new name for that, I think, for 2020. Uh, so, Jacob, welcome to the show. It's uh, good to have you back, as always. Uh, I know you were at, uh, well, you've been at a, 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 a series of 
big time races out in California. And of course, it all started with you being uh, uh, down in Florida for the NASCAR finale. But um, you were uh, you were out in California for a bunch of open wheel stuff that kind of culminated with um, Kyle Larson's win on Turkey Night, which I don't think was any real surprise to, to anybody. But most certainly, uh, Kyle looking really, really strong now in that new ride of his. So, first off, hi, kids. Um, I, I wanted to be in there. I, 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 want, I love him I calling me a kid. I really did want to be in there, but uh, apparently circumstances had other plans for me tonight, so uh, this is the next best thing. Uh, no, Kyle Larson winning Turkey Night is not a surprise. In fact, I would have been more surprised if he didn't win Turkey Night, which, quite frankly, almost happened if not for one broken part. I'll get to that in a little bit. But here, here's the bottom line for all that. We can sum this up in Kyle, Kyle Larson since debuting his new Kyle Larson Racing Midget has run six races in that car and won five of them. And I think the one he didn't win, he finished second. So if you want to try and convince me that he's not the favorite going to Chili Bowl at this point, well... Good luck, because that car and Paul Silva with five wins under his belt has some major confidence, and this is a crew chief that's never worked on a midget in his life before Kyle said, hey, let's build a midget. So <laughs> this combo is good, this car is scary, and I don't care what you think about how different outdoor racing is compared to indoor racing, but momentum is a great thing, especially going into December and January, and I like Larson's chances as we continue through this off season. He smoked them really, really good out in Cali. Well, but then Cannon McIntosh, I, I don't want to say Cannon would have beat him or should have beat him, but Cannon was beating him. So, you know, again, I, for me, um, I believe what I see, and I know Kyle's hot with this new ride, and I'm not going to sell him short. However... When it comes to the Chili Bowl, there's only one team in midget racing that basically owns that place. Period. End of story. Um, and, and and until a Keith Coons car does not win, until until a Chris Bell, perhaps, I know again, Ch Chad Boat, whatever, I get it. Um, you know, Chris is having issues there. They're not quite as strong as the Coons cars. But... <laughs> You know, 350 entries is a whole lot different than however many entries they have for Turkey Night. So I'm not going to. And, and of course, you got to have 18 tons of luck and avoid being part of the flip count in order to win the Chili Bowl as well. So I certainly agree he is a favorite. Not ready to proclaim that the Chili Bowl trophy this year goes through him. I've seen him lose it uh, too many times in every which way possible, quite honestly. And... um I'm just not I'm I'm not of the opinion that you can have any favorite going in other than uh somebody in a Keith Coons car or maybe Chris Bell. Um, but I think Larson has earned the right to be in that conversation for sure. And it's certainly good to see him having some success and it's fun to to see him. He's he's just one of those racers that it doesn't matter what he's driving. There are certain racers that are multi uh, talented racers, multi-surface, multi-division. Um, those are the racers that you and I love to watch because we're purists and we 
you know, we grew up in an era where that was common. It's not so much anymore. And so for me, seeing Kyle go out and have that kind of success is awesome because it shows you that, you know, obviously he can still get it done on both surfaces. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people that (laughs) I see a lot of chatter on social media about, oh, well, you know, he he needs to go get a better ride in NASCAR. That's nonsense. Um, He can win a championship in Chip Ganassi stuff. They just have to put it all together. And, you know, I think part of the the lack of success there has been the team, but part of it certainly has been Kyle as well. And so, uh, you know, I think Kyle is one of the best young drivers in motorsports right now, without a doubt. And so uh, I, I love seeing him go out and, and do well on the dirt in these races. And I know he has an awful lot of fun doing it. Can I remind you, by the way, that Kyle Larson led most of last year's feature, and if not for Chris Bell making a maybe uh, slightly daredevil, slightly misguided, slightly I'm really not sure he should have done that move that just so happened to work on the last Well, <laughs> uh, Larson would have won that race. So <laughs> Woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't. Don't tell me that Larson isn't every bit as capable as Christopher Bell because he's, you know, and the race a couple years ago, too, Larson should have won that one, and the motor blew up. So I I don't want to hear that Chris Bell is the uninhibited favorite because Kyle Larson has earned the the right to be at least a co-favorite going into this, but quite frankly... You know, quite frankly, the, uh, Keith Coons Motorsports is not a favorite right now. Why? Because in Keith's own words, they don't even know who they're bringing to the Chili Bowl yet. And all of their drivers, except for one, that being Rico Abreu, who have won either preliminary night features or won the finale over the past five years, every single one of them, except for Rico Abreu, is no longer with Keith Coons Motorsports. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, listen, first of all, um, I honestly think that James or I could drop into a Keith Coons Motorsports car and go out there and make the A-Main because they're just that dang good indoors. That's those cars. That is a Keith Coons show until someone else stops it. Um, so I don't care who Keith brings. They're going to be contenders. Number two, uh, you know, you can make all the excuses or reasons why Kyle Larson hasn't won the Chili Bowl if you want to. The fact is, he hasn't won the Chili Bowl. And in head-to-head matchups, Chris Bell usually wins. Now, again, it's a different situation for both drivers. And I never said Chris Bell was the uninhibited favorite. What I said was, it, there is there are two two groups. Chris Bell's team is one of them. And Keith Coons is another And Kyle Larson has earned the right to be in the conversation. And I think that's exactly the way you have to look at it. I don't think Kyle is suddenly the king of the midgets. I just don't. Um, Because as you just said, if not for a broken part, Kyle doesn't even win that race. Cannon McIntosh does. He doesn't drive for either team. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much where you're at uh, with, with with that, Chili Bowl is a race that there's probably 200 cars that can win um, before they start because the format very much lends itself to having to survive 
in order to get to the A-Main and then having to survive the A-Main. Um, but certainly Kyle had a good run. Okay, we are going to step aside. We are just getting started with Jacob much more to recap with where he's been. And also we'll talk about karting. We, got, uh, we had a late NASCAR bit of breaking news, too, that we'll get to as we continue. You are listening to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We will be back right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker and James Mellick in the WSIC studio this evening. 
uh, talking motorsports, and we'll get back with Jacob Seelman here. In do we have him back? I guess we got him back. Uh, Jacob, you there? I'm still here. I promise. Okay, Jacob Seelman from uh, Speed Sport and Sprint Car and Midget dot com is with us um, having some fun uh, now. Before we kind of started with about the last race you did, you you actually had. Uh, you had a feast out there in California, kind of a Thanksgiving buffet that you uh, were able to go see. Um, can you talk a little bit about, because uh, you were you, you were at about four races and they were all connected, um, and talk a little bit about uh, the tracks and the races and um, what was going on out there in California that kept you away from us. So more or less, uh, what was going on was an entire swing of USAC midget racing through yes. the state of California, Correct. which uh, revolved around uh, a little over a week ago now. Um, actually, it'll be two weeks ago tomorrow, now that I think about it, uh, was the uh, $150,000 um, Placerville uh, Hangtown 100 at Placerville Speedway, the inaugural uh, version of that event that... Uh, Matt Wood from Elk Grove Ford, uh, team owner and big, big time, long time supporter of racing and, and dirt racing on the West Coast, um, stepped up to help promote that event, sponsor that event. One hundred fifty thousand dollar purse, twenty thousand dollars to win the Wednesday night feature, twelve thousand dollar champion point fund, and Kyle Larson decided to win the Wednesday feature and walk off with the points fund all in one fell swoop. So. He got $32,000 for his Wednesday night victory, and that was the start of this three-race run that basically saw him walk through Placerville, Bakersfield, and, and Ventura and walk away with, with three trophies and a lot of money. Um, but before that, the first race, uh, the preliminary night race of the Hangtown 100, was notable for a 17-year-old, about-to-be 18-year-old young man who has impressed and made a lot of waves recently in the form of Gio Selzy, yes. uh, younger brother of Dominic and uh, the younger son of NHRA drag racing legend Gary Selzy. And Gio went out, and in his sixth USAC start, that's five fingers plus one, Gio went out and beat the regulars of the USAC National Midget Series at their own game, which is a very, very big deal. I've been calling Gio uh, one of the new prodigies of the sport most of the year, quite frankly. He's the youngest to win a World of Outlaws race. He's the youngest to win at Williams Grove Speedway. He's the youngest to win at Knoxville Raceway. I don't think he's the youngest to win a USAC Midget race. Um, actually, I know he wouldn't be. That honor would be. Uh, go to maybe McIntosh, who had uh, just turned 16 uh, when he won back in March at uh, the Shamrock Classic. But uh, either way, Gio is, is quite, uh, quite one of the up-and-coming talents, and to see him pick off a victory that soon into his tenure with Tucker Boat Motorsports is a big deal. Um, Toyota's very high on him, and I think we're going to see him in a lot of different facets going forward, not just in the midgets and the wing sprint cars. He's got dreams of going NASCAR racing and becoming, uh, as many have said lately, the next Christopher Bell. And I believe, honestly, that he's got the talent and the work ethic to get there. Gio is very, very talented, and he's got the drive to do what it takes to succeed. So that win, I think, was a harbinger of, of things to come on a lot of different levels for him. And he had a shot at the point. Tom, honestly, Wednesday night, if he'd been able to finish fourth, he was three spots short of being able to win the points. But uh, just 
didn't quite have the car on that final night to stay up there. Still finished seventh. Like I said, it was a good run, just not quite enough when you consider Kyle went out. And, uh, uh, yeah, second place Christopher Bell in the Wednesday Hangtown feature, 8.2 seconds back. Well, now, Gio uh, has had a couple of starts in, I think, what, super late models or whatever. But uh, uh, what is what do you know about his plans in in terms of heading toward the pavement? Is what what's on tap for him in twenty twenty that would be part of the transition, or is that not going to really begin next year? What do you know about his situation going forward? Because I do agree with you. I think he has the talent. I think he has the marketability, and I think he has the personality as well to to do it. Um, but what, what do you know of his plans for 2020 and is Toyota going to be the kind of the, um, overseer of that transition as they were with Chris Bell? Well, the, the short version is, uh, I, I don't know much yet because there's not much to know. Um, those, that the, the specifics are still in the process of being worked out. Okay. I know, obviously, uh, he, he made his first late model start he made out in Irwindale uh, under Tim Huddleston's guidance. He went out and won, so there's that. Um, as far as uh, specific plans like ARCA East or West or even some national tour starts next year, those haven't been laid out yet. Um, though I've been told by several sources that it's very likely that those will get laid out. Um, we just have to wait and see exactly, uh, exactly where that goes. Um, but no, uh, he's, he's spent a little bit of time in a pavement late model already. He's quickly succeeded in that arena. And I believe we'll, I believe long-term we'll see him follow a very similar path to what Bell did. We'll see him. Um, go through either the what was K&N, now ARCA East and West, or through an ARCA program, a la Venturini, etc., um, to transition from the dirt to the pavement and then perhaps see him um, you know, in a truck ride, something like that. Right. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect something on a national scale like a truck series ride maybe for another year. But I'm, and this is just me guessing, but I, I would feel comfortable to, to guess that we may see him in the second half of the year, maybe after Knoxville Nationals, um, if not even before, in either an ARCA East or West car or perhaps on a couple of the short tracks on the ARCA National schedule for a handful of races next year to as he starts to make that transition. Gio and I, you know, I've talked with Gio about that, and he says it's a, it's a jump he wants to make. But in the same breath, he'll also tell you if he gets to pavement and realizes, hey, I'm not happy doing this, he's going to go back to dirt in about two seconds flat, and that'll be the end of that. Gio's going to go where Gio is happy and enjoying racing, whether that's dirt, pavement, or both. He, he did say, though, if he does go pavement racing long-term, that you, much like Bell and Larson, you'll never see him get completely away from the dirt because he values that and he knows how important it is. Well, it's interesting because, obviously, he's also got a brother, Dominic. Uh, and, you know, but also, I think it's interesting because 
you know, it, there are only so many teams in NASCAR that will allow you to, you know, to run the dirt while you're because, and, and that's really a, a function of risk. And it's, it's a function of the sponsors not wanting the driver to, you know, compete in other forms of the sport that are particularly high risk, which obviously sprint cars and midgets are about the highest risk there is in the sport, other than maybe the Isle of Man. Um, so I don't know, you know, that's always an interesting deal. I would, I, I would think that if before Toyota or anyone else would put a lot of effort and money and resources behind his transition, he would have to commit that that's the direction he would want to go. You know, you can't in this day and age, you can't really be wishy-washy. Um, Chris Bell tried to be, but then eventually he kind of got sucked into the point where, you know, you, you, this is what you're going to do. And there's so much more money um, still available in, you know, in the NASCAR side than there is on the dirt side that, you know, it just makes it, it, it makes it tough. So it'll be interesting to see, how that all lays out for Gio, but you know, he would certainly be a welcomed addition to the NASCAR world. And, you know, not unlike David Gravel, who's going to be doing some truck racing as well. I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, Gio and, and David would be, um, would, would be, uh, you know, future potential stars on the NASCAR circuit. So, um, you know, you're just continuing to see that progression from the dirt to the, to the pavement with these guys you are can i throw the name can i throw a very familiar name out there to you who is the one who is overseeing geo's uh geo's transition here and and you'll understand why i say at the end of the day they're more they're more or less going to let him do what he needs to do and wants to do okay andy graves yeah um but again you know he's got to be able to stay in the toyota family you know, once you get outside of the Toyota family, then of course you're subject to whatever you know the 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 um, rules, so to speak, or the the wishes of the uh, car owner and the sponsors are. And you know, Toyota's got too many drivers right now. Not everybody's going to, if they're going to make room for Geo, somebody else has got to go. Um, they just don't have enough cars on the NASCAR side, and they aren't going to have enough cars anytime soon. Um, to put all these drivers, but of course, you know, for a year or two, whatever, um, or three in Geo's case, probably, um, they don't have to worry much, but eventually Toyota is going to run out of cup teams to put all these drivers in. So some of them are going to have to go elsewhere. Well, you're, you're going to see a couple of cup openings in the next couple of years. And I actually had a very far reaching conversation with, uh, with David Wilson, the head of TRD, uh, that's actually going to debut in the February issue of Speedsport Magazine, um, right before the Daytona 500, about uh, the Toyota program, what's made it work, and what's on the horizon. And I do believe you're going to see an expansion of at least a couple more cup teams being formed or uh, remanufactured. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it one. <laughs> um, in, in the next couple of years, because they they recognize that they do, even though they've had success with the model that they're at right. now, they, they they do recognize that they need to at least add a couple of more a couple more bullets to the gun in uh, in, in hopes of being even more successful. I think I 
I think you'll see them get to eight cup team, eight full-time cup teams here uh, in the not-too-distant future. I, I think the eight, eight's a number, and, and that's even a number that David's talked about in, in prior interviews over the last couple of years as, as being the number that they've been trying to get to, but they're trying to be very methodical and make sure they don't add a team without making sure that uh, that the, their existing teams are as successful as they can possibly be. And I think that it's a smart business strategy in a lot of senses. Yes, it's clogged the pipeline a little bit right now, but I can understand where they're coming from, too. So you're, you're going to see these pieces continue, I think, to fall into place over the next couple of years. But I'm not too worried. It, Geo's, Geo's won, certainly, with the name, the sponsor backing, that if he wants to go all the way up the pipeline, there will be a way formed for him between Toyota's connections, his dad's connections. I wouldn't worry too much about his his chances of getting all the way to the top if that's what he wants to do. With that, we'll step aside and be back with more of Lee Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Stick around. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Valero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Week Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com if you need anything within the realm of driver safety gear, whether it's a fire suit, underwear, shoes, gloves, helmet, seat, belts, Whatever, uh, HMS Motorsport not only has a variety of all of that, but they're experts in the field. They actually help NASCAR and a lot of the other sanctioning bodies uh, write the SFI specifications and the safety regulations and, and have had a lot of input. They are very much uh, professors, if you will, of motorsport safety. And so if you need anything, uh, feel free to... Just give them a call, go on their website, give them a call, or you can visit them in either of their retail locations, Danvers, Massachusetts, or right here in Mooresville, North Carolina, uh, and they'll be happy to uh, help you out. So, And I can agree with you 100%. They have fantastic cu- customer service. They uh, do. I've worked with them myself because I've worked in the interior of the race cars, uh, so I've had a relationship with a couple of the guys over there through the time and they've done nothing but just been so supportive and helpful to do anything and everything for you to make sure that the driver's safe and everything is done correctly to make your job easier. Well, at the they racetrack. are. And they have, you know, they have a multitude of brands and, and especially where it comes to something like a belt. Um, it's not one size fits all or one size is made for all applications. They, they want to be concerned that you're buying the right belts for the right kind of car and, and installing them properly. And they're going to ask you a lot of questions and make sure that you get what you need because maybe what you want or what you think you need isn't right for what you're, what kind of race car or how, you know, your size or whatever. So whenever it comes to helmets or belts or seats, they're always going to uh, oh, yeah. take the time to make sure that you've they, got. They actually came over to our shop a couple of times. They do, yeah. And I've mm-hmm. had drivers there that have yep. been part of us, and they're like, hey, uh, I want this belt and that, and they'll check this and that and say this is right, that's wrong, you need this, you need that, and try to help them go a different direction if they think they need to. But if not and everything's fine, then they let them go. And if you're going to PRI, the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show, uh, that's coming up next week in Indianapolis, uh, they will have a huge display there. So feel free to talk to them. Uh, and by the way, while we're on that topic of driver safety gear, somebody asked me the other day, what do you think are the best fire suits? And it doesn't take me three seconds to respond to that question. 100% unequivocally, try Star Racewear. Just look them up online, TriStar Racewear. They're right here. I think they're in Taylorsville, North Carolina, just a stone's throw from where we are, where our studio is. Ed and Kelly Cox are absolutely the best when it comes to the suits they manufacture. They'll fit them and make sure that they fit properly. 
everything is made right here in North Carolina. It's not something that's a, a, an Asian product or a Chinese product or whatever. It is, it is locally made, and they will take the time to make sure it's right. I always recommend TriStar Racewear, and no, they are not a sponsor of this show. They're not paying me two cents for this, um, but uh, their suits, everybody that I've had as a driver client who has switched from whatever brand they were using to a TriStar Racewear suit says it's lighter and far more comfortable than what they were wearing. And wow. so, you know, that, that all makes a difference. So uh, just look up TriStar Racewear if you're looking for a driver's suit for uh, next year. Okay, uh, back to the strutmasters.com hotline we go. That is where Jacob Seelman is chilling out with us uh, here for a while tonight talking about racing. And uh, we'll get back to the dirt stuff in a moment. I want to kind of change direction here because uh, when Ricky Stenhouse signed with JTG Doherty Racing uh, for the 2020 NASCAR Cup season and beyond, uh, they said in that release that uh, information about car number and sponsors and such would be issued at a later date. Well, they must have released it. Today was the later date. Uh, and Jacob, I find this to be really intriguing uh, because one of the things that I speculated was I thought it was possible that they may actually put Ricky in the 47 um, because I didn't think that I didn't, wasn't sure that Ryan Priest had a, a contract for 20. What I didn't really think about is what actually happened. They swapped cars. So Ryan will go to the 37, and he will be now teamed with Trent Owens, who is one of my favorite crew chiefs, and I think one of the brightest crew chiefs and probably most underrespected crew chiefs in, in, the, the, in NASCAR. Um, and Ricky gets paired with Brian Patty, who comes over from Roush Fenway uh, as Ricky's crew chief of the last few seasons. So what we have... Who, who was named Chris's... <clears throat> excuse me. Who was named Chris's crew chief? <clears throat> That's a... Uh, I know the answer to that, and my, my brain is is not working well tonight. We'll look okay, that I'm up. I'm not sure but who they have. Is, so. They have named okay. it. Um, and, you know, I, I think that this is a really interesting move here, Jacob, because if JTG Doherty wanted to strengthen both teams, number one, I think I think uh, Priest will learn a ton from Trent Owens, and and that 37 car with Busher was, was consistently the faster and better of the two cars last year. But number two, Brian Patty coming over and continuing that continuity with Ricky under this new team. Uh, if they if they can put the resources underneath the two of them, the two cars for next year that they need to, uh, I think those two cars will have an opportunity. I'm not going to say they're going to go out and contend for the cup championship necessarily, but I certainly think either one of them could win a race and be a playoff contender for 2020. What do you think? couple of things to unpackage here. Number one, Trent Owens was actually Ryan Priest's crew chief this year at the at the 47. Oh, he was? Um, so this be their, he was. This will be their second year together in 2020. Second I didn't know that. I thought he was. Okay. Who was Butcher's crew yeah, chief? Trent, uh, of course you would ask me that. See? Um, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll look that up during the break. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I will look it up in a minute. Anyway, um, 
So, wow, um, yeah, on, on subjects similar to things that you also brought up, uh, Luke Lambert is going to be Chris Busher's. That's right, yes, yes, coming over from RCR. Coming, yep. yes, coming over from RCR. Yep. And I'm, I'm puzzled, quite frankly, by the move of Brian Patty over to the 47 with Stenhouse because oh. – I'll be honest with you, I, ne- I wasn't convinced that the problem on the 17 team was a driver problem. I don't think Ricky Stenhouse just forgot how to drive race cars. I really, I really thought maybe that Brian Patty wasn't the right crew chief for Ricky, at least just from some things that I had listened to and, and listening to them communicate on the radio. I just wasn't sure if it was quite the right fit. So I guess now we're really going to find out whether it's a driver problem or something else because you're moving the same package that couldn't really perform at Roush Fenway over to a JTG Doherty team, which I do think has the speed to run up towards the top 10 on a, on a regular basis. And we're going to find out real quick uh, where the issue lies, I think, with these two for 2020. And if they come out of the box and can run strong, Boy, it would speak volumes to me about that the situation that that seventeen team was in before before Ricky left, or, or let me rephrase that before Ricky was unceremoniously dismissed at uh, at Roush Fenway. So, <laughs> okay, um, no, just to Go just ahead. to update this particular ongoing conversation, Trent Owens is in his fourth year as the crew chief of the thirty seven car. Going into 2020, he was not with Ryan last year. They moved Ryan to the 37 to put him with Trent Owens in that car. And I'm sure that probably was a move in order to bolster Ryan's performance because it wasn't working with the 47 or didn't. I shouldn't say it wasn't working. It didn't go as well with the 47 team um, as probably everybody would have liked. So he goes over to the 37 and now will be with Trent Owens and Brian Patty comes in to the 47 to work with Ricky. And this will be obviously a new situation on that car to have that pairing together. So Trent was with the 37 car last year. Okay. So now that's going to bug me because I can't figure out who the other crew chief was over there. We'll, we'll look that up. We'll look that oh, up. Oh, but it's okay. You looked so it up. That's, that's, why, that's, why, that's why I couldn't figure out who the crew chief was because it was a revolving door of crew chief. Um, Eddie Pardue yeah, had two. Eddie Pardue took over as crew chief before yeah, he was the last one. in October. And I, I don't even re- I don't remember off the top of my head who it was before. It was one of the engineers over there, I guess it was, and they swapped him swapped him out for Eddie. Which Eddie's not a bad crew chief, but I, I have a feeling Eddie may end up in some sort of advisory role. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that uh, this will be good for both. Uh, drivers and and it's an interesting move, as you said, to bring Brian over. I I thought Brian was I thought Brian did well in terms of his part of it. You know, Ricky has look. Ricky's got to he's he's got to mature as a driver to the point where he's not over aggressive so much. He's he's got to learn how to finish five hundred mile races and not tear up equipment and other cars. Um, and I think that uh, this new situation for him may be what he needed because he's going to have better resources to begin with 
in my opinion, than what he had at Roush Fenway for the most part. Um, and I think it's a new lease on life for him. So uh, I think this could be an interesting two-car team to watch. And I think a great goal for both of them would be to, um, you know, to either win a race, obviously get the playoffs, or at least to, uh, to both finish in contention and, and be, you know, top 10, top 15 every week. And I think if they can do that, um, you know, that's going to be considered a good first season. With that, we're going to step aside. Jacob will hang on. We've got much, much more to cover uh, as we continue with Lee Lap. We will be back with more of Lee Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome back to Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport. If you wonder why I'm laughing, well, I'm about to tell you. This tweet from Xfinity Racing about 20 seconds ago, leave it to Kyle Busch to return to Monday Night Raw now that he has a bigger cup than Chris Jericho. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> nice tweet. Okay. Um, and I had no idea that Kyle was going to be on Monday Night Raw, but. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any idea of that. Yeah, did not have any idea. Okay. Uh, and I want to bring Jacob in here because uh, Jacob will probably know more about this than I do. We just learned this. Uh, but uh, as per. Casey Kane's uh, Twitter account. Um, apparently, Mark Butler has passed away, Jacob. Um, and Mark was uh, someone that was obviously had a great relationship with Casey and the team through uh, through Ollie's. And um, he is he has passed away. What can you tell us about this? Anything? Wow, quite frankly, I can't because uh, I'm just now seeing it myself. So um, that, but that's a, that's a big loss yes. when you stop and consider how much, uh, not just how much Ollie's has done for Casey Kane Racing, but how much Ollie's Bargain Outlet has done for the sport to begin with. I mean, it's that. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. I, I did. I just I just under the break saw it myself from uh, Casey's Twitter account, and that's uh, that that's one of those that it's so tough because uh, um, I never personally talked to Mark, uh, but I do remember seeing him several times, um, particularly when Ollie's was sponsoring. I think it was Cody Dara's car uh, with Casey Kane yeah. racing at the yep. time, and uh, he. He, he was a very, very welcoming presence at the racetrack. So that's, uh, man, that that's one of those bummer pieces of news that you just hate to hear. And, uh, you know, you hate losing anybody in the sport. But uh, certainly somebody, the stature of, of what Mark and Ollie's Bargain Outlet did for the sport, uh, certainly a big loss for sure. It is a big loss. And I, you know, I certainly hope that Ollie's will continue to be a big part of Casey's uh you know, big part of everything uh, that they are in in the sport because, you know, you need companies like that to support. And, you know, when when someone passes away like that, you always wonder if, you know, if things will continue. So I hope that uh, I hope that Ollie's because uh, they're a part of a lot of different things in the sport right now. And, um, you know, and and including some stuff, uh, obviously, with, like for example, Tony Stewart's all-star circuit of champions and such. So, um, you know, that's, uh, it's definitely a big loss. And like I said, you need companies like that to support the, I don't want to call, uh, that level of sprint car racing, the grassroots level, but you know what I'm saying? Something besides NASCAR, IndyCar, you need Ollie's, you need companies like that to support these other, uh, forms of racing in order to give them the boost that they need to become, um, as well known and, and as big of a player, for you know, folks viewing time and such as uh, as NASCAR and in IndyCar and such are so, uh, yeah, it's good. It, it's just uh, that was something that I picked up 
uh, and actually uh, James w- pointed it out to me uh, and something that I wanted to see what you knew about because uh, it was this is not even a half hour old that uh, this broke. So definitely a, a tough situation there. Okay, so no, for sure we um we were talking about JTG and you know with that announcement you kind of look at silly season now and as we go into the holidays where you don't necessarily expect um a lot of news to come out over the next few weeks though PRI is certainly a major uh sort of you know gathering spot for for motorsports news but it you don't necessarily see a lot of NASCAR related news. A lot of it's more, you know, short track or diverse kind of, you know, news. But um, I would, I would wonder what becomes of front row at this point, because I'm hearing that they are looking at maybe going to two cars for next year. And right now they, they don't have any confirmed drivers but you have several drivers out there who certainly could be candidates for those cars, not the least of which would be John Hunter Nemechek, who filled in uh, quite admirably, honestly, I think, for um, Matt Tift once Matt wasn't able to finish the season in the 36 car. Um, you've got Michael McDowell sitting out there, but I don't believe he's been confirmed that he's been signed yet, unless I missed that, which is possible. But um, you basically have three cars right now and no confirmed drivers. You've got Corey LaJoy out there. You've got some other drivers, although I guess even Corey has not been necessarily, uh, nobody said that uh, he's not coming back to go fast, but you just kind of assume that maybe Suarez, I mean, what, what do you make of all of this at this point? Because you've got, you've got cars open, no drivers being signed. You know, who goes to front row in your opinion? Who do you think fits there? Sorry, I, I was, I thought, I thought you were going to Melick at first and then, and then it's like, Oh wait, he's talking to me. Yes, um, that's correct. I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the way, the way you said, the way you said that, I really thought you were asking Melick first and then me. So that's You're the expert, man. I mean, Melick, All right, we'll awesome. get to Melick after. So really, if John Arnonimacek if John Arnonimacek doesn't get picked up at Front Row Motorsports there's something wrong he outran both McDowell and Reagan in all three of the races that he raced at the end of last year so I would think he's got to be in the frame for a car and I've not heard anything to suggest that Michael McDowell is not coming back so if if it's a two car team I think uh you'll see um McDowell Either, either McDowell and Nemechek, or if Corey LaJoy doesn't get retained at the 32 car, perhaps LaJoy and Nemechek. But if they were to stay, if they were to, to retain all three charters for next year, boy, doesn't that give you an interesting lineup? If you can get John Hunter Nemechek, Corey LaJoy, and Michael McDowell on the same team, that could be the strongest front row motorsports operation that I've seen in a while. But I've heard the same rumors that you have that uh, they're, they're likely slimming down to two cars for 2020, which is a shame because I think they were just starting to find their footing as a three-car team, to be totally honest. Um, so we'll see. 
I think John Arnold Nemechek has to be a favorite for one of those cars, and the other car is going to come down to either Corey or uh, Michael McDowell. That's that's where I see this sitting at this point. Do you do you think there's a possibility that we see Daniel Hemrick still end up in this mix somewhere, even though he's got 21 races on the Xfinity side? Is there a potential still for him? I mean, I don't even know if you know, if he would want to or whatever, maybe he wants to focus on the Xfinity. But, I mean, certainly this would be an opportunity for him to also stay on the cup side of things. But I guess now that I think about it more, uh, likely he's still in the Chevy family. And I, I, I still think he's 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 a, a very strong potential candidate for the 48 uh, in another year after Jimmy retires. So I guess he probably wouldn't, there probably wouldn't be a way for him to be split on the manufacturer's side of things. Jamie. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with, with, with that situation. I, w- I would sooner think uh, um, the manufacturer side is going to come into play no matter what the decision is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, uh, I was just thinking about opportunities for him to stay in Cup, and I guess uh, from, from a Chevy standpoint, there probably really aren't any, or at least nothing that would be imminent at this point, um, you know, you're not, you, you're not going to a full-time cup seat if you're running 21 Xfinity races, I guess, or if you were, uh, you look at what Chevy may have to offer and there just isn't much on the Chevy side for him to run. At the moment, you're right. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that's one of those that, uh, is really going to be a wait and see how he performs thing. I think. What do you think, James? I mean, you you hear things. What 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 would you think about front row? I mean, are, are there any other drivers we're overlooking that we shouldn't be? Uh, no, I agree. I think you guys named all of them. The biggest thing I'm concerned about, though, is what they do at the charter. I mean, you have to sell it or lease it, and I'm curious to see if they decide to sell because if they sell, then that pretty much tells you they just want to go back to a two-car team for well, a while. that's true. And yeah. if they lease it, that could tell you, hey— we want a year to think about this, and maybe next year we'll go back to three. But, you know, we could still consider two as well. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with more or less the charter to find out what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you've got Suarez, Corey LaJoy, Michael McDowell, and John Hunter Nemechek. I think those are the four guys uh, that you kind of look at that are sitting there where you could easily – grab probably any of them that you might want of those i would assume that suarez still brings the most money so i would think that in that situation if you're looking for somebody that brings dollars to your organization daniel suarez is the guy you go after but then again if Stuart Haas wants to keep Daniel in the family, then he goes to go fast next year. So I think where Suarez goes determines who ends up in, in the front row cars. It's going to be really interesting, but I think those cars, there's an appeal about those cars because you can run mid pack with those cars all day long. Um, you know, and, and there's an appeal about those cars over maybe some of the other uh, lower tier cars that are, always available um so be interesting we're going to talk more nascar uh had an announcement over the thanksgiving week about uh, some disciplinary action that we'll talk about right around the corner you're listening to lead lap presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety and we'll be right back 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking with a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively summit point motorsports parks drift nirvana is just the thing for you call for your reservation today 304-725-8444 or for more information go online summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. All right. VLAP rolls on, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. I also want to uh, give a nod to another big supporter uh, of our race chaser content and programming. And that is, of course, the folks from mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. If you are looking for a change in career or you may be looking for a first career, Well, My Computer Career has an opportunity for you in the field of IT. They're excellent at what they do in training you to become an IT professional as little as four months 
working just a few days a week, either online or at one of their campuses across the country. They have financial aid available if you qualify, including the GI Bill. And once your training is over and you're ready to enter the workforce, they will help place you as well. They work with hundreds of employers in order to uh, get you placed. And so you could be working in a new career in a field that is growing like gangbusters right now. Uh, just uh, go to mycomputercareer.edu, look around, take the free career evaluation, and you could be an IT professional, have a brand new career. It is training for a better life, and that can happen in as little as four months. So thanks to the folks from My Computer Career uh, for being a part of our shows. Okay, uh, Jacob Seelman is with us on the strutmasters.com hotline and we continue to talk about nascar here i want to because we really can't go the, an entire show without mentioning the other big nascar news story which was that we had a couple of uh the lower tier teams that uh ended up getting some pretty severe penalties at uh after the the race at homestead because um they basically they did something that to me was just, it's like, Jacob, you would think that these teams would have learned from the Michael Waltrip racing debacle a couple of years ago when, you know, Clint Boyer's arms suddenly started to hurt, um, you know, and Bubba Wallace admitting he spun his car on purpose and getting socked 50 grand. You would have thought by now you would know better than to think that you could uh, try the old trick of, you know, let's have secret codes on the radio and think that nobody was going to listen and figure out what you were doing. And you know, what's really funny about all this is the fact that uh, NASCAR would never have figured it out. If it wasn't for some fans on the social media forum, you read it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Of all things, the Redditors figured it out before NASCAR did. And then when NASCAR, when this blew up social media, NASCAR's like, oh, crap, we probably need to do something about this. Yeah, I, I and mean, they did. That's... Uh, can, can, let me lay out, uh, if, if I can yeah, for a minute, just exactly what this was. You go ahead. Uh, I, this, I had it in front yeah. of me, but you do it for me. Your voice is better. <laughs> <laughs> what this was, was, in fact, manipulation of the final results to guarantee... Uh, one of Jay Robinson's cars, the 27 car in this case, was would end up as the highest finishing open team, that's non-chartered team, in the final point standings for 2019. And to do that, they had uh, three teams that were involved in this little Ponzi scheme, so to speak, um, intentionally park within a 15-lap span to help make sure that the 27 team could earn just enough points to edge the, uh, it was the Gaunt Brothers car, yes, the 96, 96 car, yep. by one point in the final standings to be the number one non-chartered team for 2019. Now, you ask, why is this important? They're backmarker teams. Well, the highest finishing non-charter team in the previous year's standings gets not only bonus money from the purse to begin with, but also gets half of the unpaid purse money when there's a short 
field, meaning if there's only 38 cars for a 40-car field, half of the money that would have been paid to positions 39 and 40 gets paid out to whichever team was the highest non-chartered team in the previous year's point standing. So that year, over an entire year, you're talking about three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars in purse money that one team could be getting the twenty-seven, or you know, as it's ultimately going to turn out, the ninety-six car, um, because well, NASCAR NASCAR hit all of these teams with major penalties because you really thought we wouldn't figure it out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so fifty-point penalties. To the 27 team from premium, the 15 team from premium, the 52 team from Rick Ware Racing, which helps premium right. at different times through the year, and the 77 Spire Motorsports car, which was also getting support from Jay Robinson over the course of the year. So all these teams banded together to try and help Jay Robinson. And guess what? You got caught, people, which means they all lose 50 driver and owner points and got socked with some pretty hefty uh, fines and the competition directors were suspended indefinitely as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, this is what is so uh, ironic to me is you work so hard. You create this intricate web of, you know, you pit and you do this and, you know, I, did, does your arm hurt? Whatever else was going on on the radio to manipulate all of this so that that 27 car can gain extra money for premium, which I would expect obviously that would have been then shared with Rick Ware and Spire uh in some way for you would, you would think yeah. so they would yeah, get they would, would get a commission or a fee for 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 their help in this um the, this heist um and now the end result is not only did you not get that money but you lost um Big time, you lost fifty grand. You lost, you know, and and you lost your competition director indefinitely. And I hope that indefinitely will be for at least half of a season, if not a whole season. Because honestly, if NASCAR is going to put a stop to this, they need. When you say indefinite, it can't be. You know, we'll come Daytona, we're gonna. Okay, well, they've gone through the necessary whatever to come back at Daytona. Um, you, you've got to, you got to keep them out a while. So, you know, this, this to me is just stupidity. Honestly, I have, I have no reason to water down my opinion on this. It's stupidity. NASCAR is paying attention to this stuff. Now, granted, you say, if not for Reddit, they would have overlooked it, but, and especially now, I mean, dear NASCAR teams, don't try it. I mean, you know, th- this is this is the the second major, you know, scandal that we've had that involved a number of different cars. Um, you know, obviously we've had other violations in the past or whatever, but um, you know, the Michael Waltrip deal way back in what thirteen or fourteen, whenever that was, um, and now this. It's like, guys, don't don't even try it because everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got cameras. You know, there are too many people. And, and, and I think this proves it for crying out loud. It was, it, it was a fan site that, <laughs> you know, that exposed this. So, you know, there's, there's just, uh, to me, this is just silly. Jacob, do you agree or disagree? Of course it's silly. It's downright 
stupid, quite frankly, because the fact that they thought they could get away with it is just laughable, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, um, as you it, said, it, they it's almost funny, did. It's funny that we have to deal with the back of the field for uh, talking about race manipulation. Quite frankly, this, yeah. this is an effect of, of the stupid charter system that needs to go away, but that's an argument for another day. Um my, so I've got uh, I've got one more thought here that I want to get off my head and onto the page um, before I run out of time to to hibernate on the phone line with you. Um, thinking thinking ahead just a little bit toward the uh, the 2020 season here um, in regards to these penalties and what this does for a team like Gaunt Brothers. Stop and consider that Gaunt Brothers Racing did not run all the races this year, and yet still managed to be the number one non-chartered team in points and outrun all the other teams that did run full-time this year. Correct. That not only was a big feat in itself, but that's the bonus money that they rightfully should have gotten to begin with and are now going to get for 2020. I'm very optimistic to see what that team's going to do with it. I've heard rumors that, that... Marty Gaunt and the folks over there at that 96 car would like to go full-time if they could get the right situation and the right backing behind them. And I can't help but think that some of this extra bonus money that they're now going to receive through, through the, uh, the, the payout system for 2020 may not be able to help put them in a situation to do that, even though they don't have a charter. That team has performed well, even when they've not been a full-time team, and, and they've had Parker Quiggerman, who I think is a very underrated driver oh, um, in the seat for a lot of that. So I think if I think if they could put themselves in a situation to pick Parker up for most of the year, you're not going to get him for all of it, obviously, because he still has some obligations with uh, with NBC Sports. But, man, I'd love to see them be able to, to do more than what they did this year for 2020, and, and I really think that... Uh, that the performance they showed and the money they earned themselves by virtue of that performance is going to go a long way. That could be one of your Toyota teams you just brought up. They could buy the charter from uh, ah, yes. from them. Thank so you. I was that could be one of your charter you teams, yeah. and then it could also they could buy the charter I was from uh, front row. Front row, yeah. That's it's an interesting uh, interesting situation there. You know what's also interesting to me is front row itself if you want to go far enough to talk about toyota expanding i mean i know that with ford and um but i don't know that that they're necessarily getting a ton of help uh and if if toyota wagged the right deal in front of them to elevate them to competitive you know winning status uh, wouldn't surprise me uh, if you saw them eventually change manufacturers. But yeah, that 96 car could be in play and it would be interesting. That would be an interesting ride for the right person. We'll step aside back with more of Lee Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including 
driving front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Tooling Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker and James Mellick in the WSIC studio. And we've got Jacob Seelman on the strutmasters.com hotline. And before, whoa, before we uh, cut Jacob loose here, because I know he's got to get ready to uh, produce the Mitch Walker show, which comes up following our show on the performance motorsports network, um, nine 30 Eastern time. If you've never listened to Mitch's show, you have no idea what you're missing and you need to make sure that you tune in because if Mitch has got something to say, he has already said it. And Mitch's show is one of the most entertaining motorsport shows, uh, that I know about. And so make sure you tune him in. Also, uh, while I'm plugging shows, I'll plug uh, our next show here on Race Chaser, which is tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. The Inside Pass with Randy Miller and moi. 
uh, on tomorrow morning and always look forward to doing that show with Randy. It's one of the, it truly is a fast hour of motorsports radio. Um, and we're all over the place for that show. If you're not anywhere in the Charlotte Lake Norman area of North Carolina, you can get us on WSICFM.com. WSICFM.com. If you're in the local area to us, uh, you can hear it on 100.7, 105.9 FM, either or, or 1400 AM. Or you can watch us on either 25.2 in Charlotte over the air or Continuum Channel 4 in Mooresville. So uh, we have a lot of local platforms and ways to uh, to get our Inside Pass show on Tuesday mornings. But uh, WSICFM com if you are outside of the Charlotte Lake Norman area. Okay, Jacob, before we let you go, because I know you, you can finish this segment, then you got to run. Uh, before we let you go, a couple things. First of all, let's go to IndyCar for a moment or two, shall we? Um, because starting to see off-season rumblings about this driver's going over here and that driver's going over there, I thought we'd basically gotten most of the major announcements out of the way. Now I'm not hearing so much about necessarily full-time stuff, but I, I saw something today I thought was worth some conversation. And that is that Fernando Alonso has made it very clear. He wants to try the Indy 500 again. Now, obviously that is not going to happen with McLaren. Um, so there was some talk about, Michael Andretti, my question is, how in the heck many cars can Michael, can Andretti Autosport field for the Indy 500? I mean, if if they keep going, they're going to be flirting with 10 pretty quickly. I think we've lost Jacob somewhere. Yeah, I think Jacob might be gone. Maybe, I think he, uh, I think he disappeared on us. I'm not okay, sure why. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, Jacob is gone. I think he is going, going, gone. Goodbye. A, I didn't okay. get a text or anything. So, so, um, all right. So I'm going to just go ahead and, and respond to my own question then, since Jacob, uh, bolted on us here or, uh, somehow technology, uh, you know, took him away. Yeah, I didn't get a dial tone there when we but, picked um, up. It, whatever the, the case there, we thank Jacob for his time, uh, tonight on the show. Here's my response to that. I would love to see Fernando Alonso with Andretti Autosport again. I think Fernando Alonso with in in a in an Andretti car is an automatic lock to be a favorite to win the Indy 500. But I'm I struggle with these organizations like Andretti putting five six seven cars into seven entries into the 500 simply because to me, it starts to feel like NASCAR and sort of the big, um, you know, money players beating up on the little teams. And um, I mean, I understand that that's really not what it is because, you know, a lot of the smaller teams, I mean, you mostly got, one and two car teams, maybe a few three car teams like Penske, whatever. But it just seems like there's there's a limit to where this this needs to go somehow. Um, I'm 
I, I've heard a lot of rumors about a third manufacturer coming into IndyCar as early as 2021. Um, and it, and, and I, I keep hearing speculation, um, in a couple of different areas about who it could be. Um, but I think we need that. We need another motor. We need another, another manufacturer to come in so that we have enough motors. So hopefully we can get more new teams into the series. And I think Roger Penske is committed to making that happen, but nonetheless, my own sort of discomfort aside with, like I said, how many teams, you know, can Andretti field for, for, for an Indy 500, um, Fernando Alonso in the Indy 500 is, I mean, that draw, that is a ratings bonanza anytime it happens. And I think the Indy 500 needs him. So I hope it works out. Yeah. I mean, um, like you said, that's just basically adding cars, making it lopsided for them to win. Yeah. Um, but, um, you have Chip, who's put some cars in a couple of times. He doesn't do it very often. He's done it one or two times for a driver he had back in the day, Alex Lloyd. So Chip could put one together, but they have lost targets. So yeah. the fundings there are going to be tight. Um, another one that you could look at would be Roger Penske, obviously. Well, Roger puts it a couple the fourth times. car in with uh, Elio. for Elio, and I, I, mean, I would think you'll see that again. You'll see honestly. that. And then another one that comes into mind is... Um, Oh, I don't. AJ, AJ Foyt, maybe trying to put one there for a third car. I with think AJ. he. Well, yeah. The problem they've got right now is they're still trying to settle their their main lineup. There's, there's, I, I don't think that there's a lot of momentum coming out of the Foyt camp, or a lot of, I shouldn't say momentum. I, I don't think there's a lot of excitement coming out of the Foyt camp for bringing, um, Mateus Laced back. I don't see that working out. Uh, whether or not. They bring the nose back. Uh, that's Tony Kanan, for those of you who don't know, um, is is a whole other uh, thing. I think they'd like to have Tony back. But again, you've got some drivers like Connor Daly out there. AJ likes the younger racers. I think they'd like to build with some younger racers. They gave Mateus Lace a couple seasons. He hasn't really developed. Um so I don't necessarily see him coming back. I think they their priority right now, anyway, is getting one or two cars for the full season put together with the drivers and, and personnel, and then they would worry about. But I think it would be interesting to see there are a number of drivers who AJ could put in the third car. Um, you know, you get you get a number of organizations that will fill the third car. Um, you know, I think. Uh, um, I, I think you could see possibly um, Ray Hall with a, you know, they, they always like to add an extra car or two, but you know, there's, there's only, but Andretti's the one that ends up with five or six every year, you know? Yeah. I got, what about this? Maybe possibly uh, Andretti back in the day, hooked up with a guy named Gary Peterson. He owns AFS racing. Yes. Uh, it was the satellite team back before um, AGR, which was Andretti green at that time, had their own program for the Pro Series. Um, he has made a couple of starts in the Indy 500 with that t- with that team. Do you think that maybe they add a car just for the 500 with, um, like, um, some data and help from Andretti and try to make one off their own? Or well, no? I mean, it's, well, I mean, anything's possible here. But, you know, I, I, I think, I think if, if you're going to, if you're going to add Fernando Alonso, you're making sure he has the best of everything. So I think this would be an Andretti 
But McLaren did that, though, and they still missed it. Well, McLaren didn't do that, though. McLaren came in last year and were more worried about the backup car being the correct color orange than they, you know, than they were about making the field. So they they came in and completely, it was a terrible effort. Now you've got Dale Coyne, who's, you know, looking at, again, this is a, a, a team that Sebastian Bourdais is gone. Here's what's interesting. This literally just in, as we're talking about IndyCar, great timing, thank you, motorsport.com. Coyne, Dale Coyne confirms that uh, Mr. Hinchcliffe uh, is is the, is a a candidate to replace Sebastian Bordeaux. Um, Alex Palau uh, is another candidate, and Brazilian driver Sergio Sete Camera is. Um, also a candidate. I don't know anything about or much about the other two, but somebody please give James Hinchcliffe a full-time ride, please. Um, you know, he, he needs to find a home. I know he doesn't bring a lot of money, but you know, this is a guy who can attract money for you. And he's also a guy who could go out and win with your stuff. So to me, I, I think if, if you're Dale Coyne and you have the ability to do this, then you bring in James Hinchcliffe. That's what you do. I agree with you that for sure. He's he's marketable, and you can bring sponsors Absolutely. in there. He's a young, attractive young male. Yes, and that's what sponsors like. And he yep. has all of that. And I think it'd be a great fit for Del Coin to yes. help bring sponsorship in the door to help himself out as well. Absolutely, it would be really interesting to see if that could come to pass. I think that would be a a great opportunity for Del Coin to keep somebody who is the caliber of driver that Sebastian Bourdais is. Um, and I, I, you know, if they can attract the right situation, I think that's who you, you put in, but that was uh, interesting that that came out just as we were discussing IndyCar. Okay. We step aside one more time when we come back much more to come here. We got about another half hour or so uh, to talk about go-karts and some other things that were interesting from the weekend. So we're going to do all of that, James and I are, uh, right around the turn. You're listening to League Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. You can do it right now while we're on break. Go! Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. 
It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even RaceCom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The lead lap presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. I hope all of you did what I told you to do during the break and went to HMS and checked out all the cool stuff that they have. Okay, Tom Baker and James Mellick in the WSIC studios. About a half hour left to go in the show. Um, And I want to talk about, first of all, um, for those who don't know, Uh, My Thanksgiving for the last 19 years has been slightly non-traditional. Somebody asked me, go ahead, Unless you're a racer. If you're a racer, it's it's traditional. Well, yeah, but I'm really not a racer. I'm a race announcer in in this case. Um, So it wasn't really a media thing, although I did some of that too. But it was, you know, every year for the last 19 years, I've gone to Batesville, Mississippi. Well, actually, that's not true. Every year for the last 19 years... I have been the voice of the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Kart Championship. It has been, it was held in Tunica, Mississippi when I started with the event. The event itself started in Memphis, went to Tunica in 2001 and then to Batesville, Mississippi in about 2009. And we've been there ever since. Now, I want, I bring this up because I think that when you're a race fan, I think it's good to appreciate and be aware of all the different forms of racing that are out there. And everybody thinks of go-karts as sort of fun vehicles. They don't really think about go-karts as a training vehicle or, you know, this is how you enter the sport. But the truth is there's a number of drivers in NASCAR and IndyCar who started in one form of go-karting or the other. And in this case, 
for this race, it's dirt go-karting. So you think about names like Ricky Stenhouse, who we talked about earlier, Ben Rhodes, um, went, went through go-karting Tony Stewart for a little while. Um, you know, there's, there are, there's drivers that own them. Boris said, I mean, he owns K1. Well, Boris yeah. said who owns K1? Uh, no, uh, you're thinking of, uh, you're, you're thinking of, uh, it's not even K1. You're thinking of, uh, GoPro. Motorplex. Well, that's and, owned by Marks and them. Yeah, Marks Justin and Marks. But I don't think, well, maybe. I thought Boris did own K1. I could I'll have wrong, to look though. that up because I'm not aware, but perhaps he does. That would be an interesting uh, fact. Well, so I go out to this event every year and call it. Um, and for those of you wondering why my voice is a bit flaky tonight, we run 22 features a night at this thing. So you're on the mic screaming for 20, for about four hours at a time. And of course, even in qualifying, um, I try to bring a sense of urgency and excitement to qualifying because just making the field in this event or an event of its scale is huge. So, you know, you want to convey that sense of, um, but the racing is crazy. If you have never watched our live stream, make sure you go check it out. Just go to uh, Jam, J-A-M, Jam Promotions YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Jam Promotions Racing, J-A-M, Jam Promotions Racing, and you can watch uh, watch the, the back streams, the previous live streams. Um, they're all there. Uh, it's just crazy. And this year we had 886 entries. I think it was just insane. I had a great time and I want to take the time on this show to not only promote the event because I, after 19 years on Saturday night, I fell in love with this event all over again because we had several first time winners, including a young lady who won in, I believe it was Junior 2. Her name is Layla Eisenshank. Now, none of you are going to recognize that name. Layla has a sister, Amelia. They both race. Why am I bringing them up? Because their uncle happens to be World of Outlaws legend, Donnie Schatz. And Donnie has been bringing his nieces to our event since they started in karting. And these two young ladies this year absolutely just flipped a switch. It was incredible to watch them race against some of the top boys, top talent in the, in the country. Drivers like Wyatt Wilkerson from Louisiana who wins everything he races. Um, Wyatt has been, he has won a ton of stuff at our event. He won three out of four poles on Saturday, um, won a poll on Sunday, had really kind of an off night Friday night as far as his feature results. But he, I mean, that kid is one of the best there is. There are, and, and there are many in, in their classes who are, who win all over the country. And Layla just, I mean, to see her pull off the win, it was a last lap pass. Uh, and she just muscled him out of the way. Uh, she didn't blast him. She didn't spin him. They literally were side by side off of turn four. And it was a drag race to the finish line. 
And when Layla took the checkered flag and realized she had won, she went mental. It was just a joy to watch. Uh, and James, karting is a place where you see a lot of lady, young lady racers. And you see it in quarter midgets, too. You see a lot of them. But um, these two, I've watched them for about three years now. These two young ladies, if they continue to progress as much as they have in these first few years, these two young ladies are going to bear watching as they get older because they both put on great shows. They both led features. Um, I think Amelia got a, got a fast time in one of the classes, I think. Um, it was just cool to see them do so well after really not, they, they weren't, you know, the first couple of years, not all that fast, sort of like they were timid or, you know, a little bit, which would be understandable with the, the, the magnitude of the race. But, man, she just, it was great. I mean, the crowd went crazy. That's awesome right there. See, a lot of girls come through ranks like that, yeah. doing stuff like that, and they just get overlooked a lot of times. You've had Danica Patrick go through go-kart stuff. Um, she did. What's she her did name? Kenzie Rustin, stuff. which is yep. Daniel's wife. She ran go-karts, then went bandos and into the Legends cars and yep. super late models. So these ladies are actually starting a brand, and they're not running with just no-name drivers out there. You have big-name drivers going through this stuff. Yeah. You have names like the Fittipaldis, who are a huge name in, yeah. in the road course stuff. And most of the time when you run go-karts, you run on everything. You run road course, oval, dirt. Yeah, and I think they just ran road course. But, but they were, um, the, the, Amelia and, and Layla, being Donnie's nieces, of course, are, they're going to run dirt, right? Because that's yep. what he does. Um, but man, oh man, it was just so much fun. I always enjoy seeing a young lady. And I was asked after the race if that was the first time that we'd had a lady winner at, at uh, Batesville. No, we've had a couple in the past. But I think it, she may be the youngest one. I'm not sure. Cool. But she may be the youngest one. But it was just fun. That's the kind. And then we, we saw, like I said, a number of first-time winners, some very close finishes. Though that event is so much fun, the 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 racing itself, it's the the track's small, and it's tight. You put twenty four cars in that track. If you're starting in the the back half of the field, there is no waiting around. They're twenty laps or fifteen minutes. That's it. You gotta go. Yeah. And you know the 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 level of talent and the track is never the same from Friday to Saturday. The 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 track officials make sure that they. They change it just a little the, bit. The grooves and watering yeah, they, and all yeah, that. Yeah, they just change the way the track is, the the characteristics of it, so that if you're dominant on Friday, you're probably not going to necessarily, if you can be dominant both days, then you've really had a great weekend because, you know, the track is, and and we did have some drivers that, that were really good both days, but, um, and it's always different names too. Every year it feels like this year, for example, Buddy Wilson, who's a local racer over there, has never had... You know, he, he's he's never had a weekend at at that event like he had this year. I mean, he was fast in every class he ran. We get drivers all over the country. It is just a lot of fun, and it's great to see the young drivers succeed. Um, and like I said, we had several first-time winners there. I just brought it up, not so much to promote the event, though I wanted to do that, um, but also, but just to talk about the fact that here's an opportunity to go see some young people that you can watch from year to year and they progress. That's why, you know, the live streams are great. They're free. Yep. Um, and, and you, you know, again, you get to watch it for a few years and you see these, these racers develop. It's, it was, it's just a lot of fun. I have a great time with it. Yeah. The best way to explain it that you just said right there, I love how you said that was 
basically it's when people say, hey, I got to see high school film of this quarterback. Basically, you're watching young film yes. of a young talent yep. that could potentially be a superstar one day yes. at a young age. You're yeah. watching them develop. That's all yeah. you're doing. And it takes some skill. I mean, we had a, a young man who's about 18, I think. His name is Johnny Blaine Smith. He's out of Arkansas. Kid hadn't run 10 kart races in his life. He shows up at Batesville with one go-kart, one motor, and some used tires to race against these factory riders. He's running the adult classes against factory riders with trailers full of tires, tire chemicals, because, you know, they treat tires in karting. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and motors and carts and whatever. This kid made two out of the four features he entered. He, he got his butt handed to him on Friday because he was not nearly aggressive enough. He's getting knocked around like a soccer ball because that's the kind of racing he's used to. At the other day, indoors a whole different deal. And... You know, somebody caught him on Saturday and said, dude, you've got a cart that's capable of qualifying, but you cannot let people knock you around like that. You got to get spots and you got to you do what it takes in this style of racing. He turned the aggression button up and qualified for both of his features on Saturday. And, the, and he was just through the roof. He didn't care where he finished. Just to make the race for him was just something he never, ever thought would would be possible. He just went to have a good time and see what he could do. So, again, you know, the these grassroots forms of racing, quarter midgets, go-karts, bandolers, legends, pay attention. Get out and see some of that because, as you said, James, these are your future stars, and it's fun to watch them at a young age. We're going to step aside when we come back. Our lightning round have a few things to cover here. More of Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. 
HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. The representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. That's how you do it. Welcome back to Lead Lap. This is our lightning round. Uh, and <laughs> there's just two of us in the studio here now, Tom Baker and James Mellick, uh, finishing up a very interesting evening of conversation here on Lead Lap. If you missed any of it, you can go back and you can catch up. It's pretty simple. Just remember to search Race Chaser Radio and your, your favorite podcast platform. show will be uploaded tomorrow. And you will be able to hear it on demand forever and ever after that. Just by going to Race Chaser Radio. It doesn't matter if you're a Spotify fan or a, um, you know, an Apple fan, iTunes, iHeart, uh, Google Play. Uh, tune in. We're on just about all of them. SoundCloud, if you're into that. Um, wherever. Uh, we're on most of the major platforms now. We're very happy and humbled Um that we're in that situation now with our shows. And so uh, feel free to go back and catch up on all of the shows that we do on race chaser radio. If you miss them live. Um, okay, James. So you are, um, a teardown specialist for oh, yeah. Levine family racing. And it is now December 2nd. Obviously there's no more racing for the year. What are you doing? What is going on at LFR right now? As we head toward the Christmas break, we got about, what two and a half weeks maybe what what's going on over there what are you what are you doing from day to day um depends on where you're at honestly i'm just saying i'm using i'm going to tell you what we do at lfr right now but uh, a lot of teams some teams are moving positions from like fab shops from here to here to here to there they're moving stuff around the shop to make it um easier to work and more fluent um and you're going through your checklist of stuff that you've made through the year that you look at and you say okay we can make this better we can make that better if we do this, we can make next year better here by doing this. And you're going through that checklist, and you're making stuff better and getting prepared for that 2020 season. If that's everything from painting walls to setting up pit boxes to getting the floors correct, uh, everything. We we just redid the floor in the fab shop Oh, because we're putting some new stuff inside of our fab shop, so we redid the whole new floor. So to redo the floor, we figured out you know what we had to get to do it. We took a week, and we fixed the floor. So now that you've fixed the floor, are you kind of rearranging everything now in that yep. in that part of the building? And then okay. your road guys get back, and they take all the stuff that goes to the racetrack, rather it's your fuel cart, your pit box, your, your utility cart, everything there. They take it all apart. They fix it the way they want it again. They fix everything that's wrong with it. 
and then they ship it out to get powder coated and make it look brand new again for next year too. So everything gets turned around and gets ready to go back to the racetrack and look brand new for the start of next year. So there's a lot of kind of refurbishment and in some cases maybe rearranging that goes on this time of year. You guys are still very busy. You're just doing basically catch-up work and preparation work for the the season next year you're still obviously going to be just a one car team yep. um with now chris bell coming in and um uh the new crew chief as well yeah jason jason ratcliffe yeah <laughs> thank you for bailing me out there you're good. um and so what changes in terms of the routine when you bring in a new driver and you bring in a crew chief, does it change anything you're doing? For example, as a teardown specialist, is it kind of business as usual for everybody that works on the cars? Yeah, it's pretty much business as usual. The biggest thing is just getting the driver in there and getting everything the way he wants it. Um, getting the seat in the car the correct way, getting everything mocked up, steering wheel, pedals, getting him to feel comfortable inside that race car. That's the biggest thing that everybody has to go through. And then getting, the parts like not well not the parts but building what you have to build like the seat rails because they don't just set the same place for everybody you have to build those and for your fabricator to get three to four to five to however many seats you have built takes time as well so getting all this stuff just basically ready for next year so how much influence or input does the crew chief actually have on the weekly process of car prep overall as in parts wise or just well, how, it, how in it all general goes? how it all does 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 a new crew chief come in and everybody have a big meeting and the crew chief says okay my way of doing it is this i know you've been doing it like that but i want to do it this way i mean is there a lot of that sort of flux when a new crew chief comes in in the process of of car prep or is it pretty much Everybody has their job and it still gets done. He's just more concerned with the actual setup. Um, he oversees it sort of, but not really. Kind of just knows that everybody has been trained the correct way at the stuff that Gibbs has and supplies to you. He, you've seen the correct way to put it together, take it apart, and do all that. So he trusts that everything's done correctly, and you just build it, ship it up front uh, to the guys up front, and then he hands the sh- the setup sheets and all that stuff to those guys. And you get a tentative setup sheet in the back to get it close okay. um, for the guys who do assembly. So what's what is uh, what have you have you had a, any meetings with with Dave? What is what is sort of the the plan of attack for 2020? And is it much different than it was this year with Matt? Uh, it all is about the same. Go okay. out there and um, win races. That's what we want to do. We're ready to go win races. We know we got a young driver. We got the same stuff we had last year. These two got a good personality together or relationship with each other already. And we're excited and ready to go win races. That's what we're ready for. You know, Jason coming in is a huge, obviously asset for you guys. Um, You don't lose Mike Wheeler. He's still, yeah, he's just moving to competition director. Yeah. He's still a part of the family. You strengthen it by bringing in Jason and of course, you know, Chris is a racer needs somebody like Jason, who's had the cup experience as a crew chief. Um, and as you said, his work with Chris, the Xfinity level, they built that relationship. Um, is it realistic to think that with a new driver and a new crew chief um, and sort of a new, um, almost a new start for the team in a way, 
Um, is it realistic to think that you could take even a, a further step up and not just contend for race wins and necessarily top fives, but uh, is your team a championship contender in 2020? I think so. I really do. Uh, we got the best guys. I agree with you. I mean, we got the best guys that I've worked with in the shop in forever. These are the guys we have are phenomenal. We know how to do everything. We've done stuff that I've never seen done before in shops before, and it's just incredible to work with these guys and call them teammates of mine. And to have Jason and um, Mike work together, and Jason now have Mike to lean on, who's learned this new car over the last few years with Jason being in the Xfinity series and those two already having the friendship that they've had is going to make it that much better. I agree. And that's going to increase the chances of Chris being able to win. And he wants to win. He's out there doing everything he can to win. And I think with Toyota speed and us having the the correct people in the shop, that's only going to make our chances that much better to go fight for titles. See, I wanted to to kind of talk about some of this because I think a lot of the fans don't really have any idea what you guys do for two months. Oh, yeah, you we're know, not we, just hanging out. We finish racing. What goes on in the shop and, and what, you know, what's happening now that, that you know, that, that has to do with 2020. And you, you're you already kind of down that road oh, a yeah. good bit, you you're, know, probably building new cars or whatever. You're building new cars. You're tearing the stickers off all your toolboxes, all your generators, all your hauler stuff. All that stuff's coming off. It's going to look like it's just paint. That's all it is because that's what it is. And then all of a sudden... All this stuff starts coming in. You get new decals, and everything just looks new, new and wraps, fresh. New graphics. And you're figuring out the new the new clothes the guys are going to wear to the racetrack, the new clothes you're going to wear in the shop. You're learning, and you're figuring out what's going to make your team look good and do everything you can. Yeah, how does that season. work for you guys? See, I've always wondered about that at, at the NASCAR level. Because, I mean, obviously there are teams that have multitude of, of different sponsors from week to week. So everybody's always wearing different stuff. How does does somebody on the team is it their job to to come to all you guys and go okay what size are you how's that and 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 make sure because that just seems like it could be completely chaotic oh yeah for a team with multiple sponsors like you guys have there is a guy whose job that is he goes around he finds out what everybody's sizes are and he knows That's what crazy. shirts you wear what pants you wear everything t shirts hoodies all of it and then when he has to order all that stuff he knows what to order. And then he has to bring it to you and make sure you have it and tell you this is what you got to wear this weekend. And it's insane. they put an itinerary together, which is a piece of paper that tells you what hotel you're staying at, when your flight is, what crew shirt you're wearing. It tells you everything that you need to know for that weekend. But ultimately, the other guy has to order it and bring it to you. So there's one guy who just basically now do they takes give care it directly to you or yes. is okay? So it's not all kept like in the hauler or anything. Nope. It's they will it, bring it to you and say, "Hey, here, here are your is. shirts for you this weekend. Anytime we race, um, don't lose it. This is what you wear." Okay, that's yeah. fascinating. It's just it, I mean, there are so many little things that the average fan doesn't see and doesn't think about, but the logistics, which is what you just described there, the logistics alone. It's incredible the planning that that has to go on in order to get that many people from point A to point B in a given week at a certain time because NASCAR has everything down to the minute. Um, Yes, and then everybody (laughs) to make it even. That's why the championships mean so much because everything goes on as long as it does for 36 weeks. It's incredible. And everybody has to be pulling that rope the same direction because yep. if you're not, 
you can slip at the wrong time at the round of eight, the round of four, the round of 12, the round of 16, when everything is so tight and you could be done. But I mean, that's why when you, you know, you hear of like we had issues, obviously, toward the end of the season with a couple of the teams of the haulers. I mean, that's not a minor thing. You know, that's like a major logistical explosion here to try and figure out how do we, uh, you know, how do we still get a, a car to the racetrack and go race? You got a new wrap, you got all this stuff. So um, pretty amazing what's uh, what what it takes. But um, it is spectacular to be a part of. It really is. Uh, I'm sure it during is. During the season and even during the off season yeah. to see everything just come back the way it is to be looking brand new to start the next year. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it's 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 a lot like a clockwork dance. It's a pretty amazing thing that has to happen, um, and a lot of a lot of moving parts that have to all uh, come together just the right way in the right field of time. Okay, so we are uh, about done for this uh, episode of Lead Lap and want to thank all of our sponsors, of course, uh, mycomputercareer.edu, strutmasters.com, and also uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Uh, we just appreciate all of our supporters and want to thank Jacob for the time he spent with us as well uh, and look forward to, I'll be right back in this seat Tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock Eastern for the Inside Pass. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. So long. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.